0: I noticed that you tend to see less and less of Joe Biden uh, on TV, and when you do see him on TV, uh, that he's not there for very long, that his appearances are more controlled, and that he's always surrounded by people ready to rescue him from his own ineptitude. Uh, This is not an accident. This is not your imagination. This is by design and for a very, very Valid reasons. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe to the show, and you can do so in one of several easy ways. You can either go to the Google Play Store, the iTunes App Store, and simply download the free Podbean app and search out the Jamie Dury Show, or you can simply use your native podcast aggregator app available either in the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store. And search out the Jamie Dury Show podcast and subscribe that way. Either way you choose to subscribe, you'll be able to leave reviews, leave comments, make suggestions, uh, and we desperately need more reviews. Please give us a five-star review so we can grow the show and give you as much information as you deserve. And you need all the information you can get nowadays because, as we all know, the mainstream media in this country is not a media entity any longer. It is nothing more than a propaganda machine and a wing for the Democratic Party. But give us a five-star review, because we really would appreciate it. Yeah, uh, there's a reason why Joe Biden's appearances are so controlled, and there's a reason why uh, you haven't heard many other people, especially in the wake of Trump last month, announcing that he was going to run. Uh, Announcing that they're going to run. You got Biden running around a few times, excuse me, is he allowed to speak, saying that he's going to run uh, for re election. And it seems almost unthinkable to me that the Democrats would want him to run for re election. Now, why do I say that? Well, if you're a clear thinking, unbiased person, and you sit and listen to Joe Biden speak, and you watch him on a regular basis on those rare occasions when you do get to see him. It's clear to any honest person, any person who's being honest with themselves, that he is mentally incompetent, that he is suffering from advanced stages of dementia, and he is not capable of running this government, and half the time he doesn't even know where he is. It is unsafe to have someone like that as the chief executive. How is it that a media conglomerate Mainstream media, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, all of these news agencies, with the exception of, say, Newsmax, One American News, and uh, also certain hosts on Fox News, and some talk radio hosts. But how is it that these mainstream media outlets don't even bring this up, don't even consider it a possibility? Now, anyone who's an unbiased news anchor or an unbiased news agency would have to at least occasionally bring this up and question the man's fitness for office. Or if they do bring it up, they dismiss it rather offhandly and saying it's nothing to see here. But there is something to see here. And I'm haunted by that interview with Obama a few years ago when when he was asked if he would like to run for a third term if he could. And he said, no, I really don't want to be president for a third term. What I really would like is to be able to sit behind the scenes and sort of, you know, make suggestions or make decisions and uh, really not have to take the weight. And that's all the answer you need to know. Because it's clear to the rest of us, other than these mainstream media people, that Joe Biden, although he may hold the title and the office of the presidency, is not the president and is not making these decisions. Other people clearly are. And who are these other people? I would say it's probably most definitely Barack Hussein Obama. And Barack doesn't want to lose that little niche that he's created for himself. So he's not going to let anyone else run like Gavin Newsom, because Gavin Newsom or anybody else is going to say whatever they have to say to gain his favor. But once they gain the office, they're going to tell him to go pound sand. And Obama knows this, hence the continued support and the suppression of Biden's rapidly deteriorating mental state. But the rest of us need to be touting it from the hilltops. So when you see this, you already know that if he were to run for reelection and somehow managed to win, on that standard alone, by the sheer weight of common sense, You'd have to be suspicious of the election outcome because no one in his right mind, and we have to assume that more than 50% of the voters are in their right mind, could possibly vote for someone as feeble and as completely in over his head as Biden currently seems to be. And his condition is not going to improve. It's only going to get worse. He is deteriorating at a very, very rapid pace. And still they want to put him up for re-election. But as bad as that is, there are other demons that need to be brought under control. I desperately want to see Donald Trump back in the White House. I think he's the only one that can get a handle on this. Not that there aren't other competent people. Uh, DeSantis from Florida is certainly competent, but the MAGA base is not going to support him as long as Trump is running. And I don't know that DeSantis has the wherewithal or the standing or the ability to hold up to the entrenched swamp that is clearly in Congress. And let me give you a particularly shining example of this. I was reading an interesting article that was quoting Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the man who Rush Limbaugh, the late Rush Limbaugh, used to um, call the turtle. McConnell calls on DOJ to treat Trump and Biden documents, quote, exactly the same way. Listen to some of these pull quotes. He thinks they should be treated exactly the same way. Quote, I think the important thing with regard to the documents is that both these guys ought to be treated exactly the same way. Exactly the same way. This he said to News Radio 840 WHAS. In Kentucky. The Senate Republican leader said he thinks the Attorney General, quote, probably did the right thing by appointing separate special counsels in investigating the two classified documents uh, cases. What's good for one candidate for president ought to be good for another one. Well, now let's just look at that. First of all, they're not the same thing. That's number one. Number two, Joe Biden was never president until the last presidential election. These documents that he has in his possession are classified documents from the Obama administration, in which he served as vice president. A vice president cannot declassify classified documents. He has no business to possess them after the expiration of his time in office. And yet he had them, he had them in an unsecured place, they kept it secret, nobody knew about it, and it only came to light recently. Donald Trump, of course, everything he does uh, has a flashlight and a spotlight shown upon it. But everybody knew that he had these documents, his lawyers were in communication with the Justice Department, and Donald Trump was the President of the United States at the time, when these documents uh, were first put into his possession, he was allowed to retain them after because he declassified these documents. And the president is allowed to declassify documents. So they're not the same. And clearly this mere appointing of special counsels hasn't qualified under Mitch McConnell's standard as treating the two exactly the same way. Trump had his home raided by FBI agents. Joe Biden has no such similar raid. And now, because of this, former um, Professor Emeritus uh, Alan Dershowitz from Harvard has said he expects neither Trump nor Biden to be prosecuted. In fact, I wouldn't put it past these sinister individuals knowing full well that Donald Trump didn't do anything wrong and knowing full well that Biden did do something wrong by keeping classified documents as an ex-vice president uh, and having him in his possession long before he became president and they were classified, that somehow they knew it was going to come to light that Biden had these documents. So in order to create a hedge... In order to protect Biden, they deliberately went after Trump. And they did that so that when they investigate Trump and find out there's nothing they can do, uh, they can now do the same thing with Biden. And they're going to say, well, we didn't go after Trump, so we're not going to go after Biden. Equal, Pasquale, everybody's good, even Stephen. No hits, no runs, no errors. But it's not true because the two situations are not Analogous. Trump was the president. He can declassify documents. Biden was not the president. And for for, uh, Mitch McConnell, even to suggest this, shows you why this man has to be removed. He is worthless. There is a swamp in Washington, and he has to go. Now, to his credit, newly elected House majority leader, uh, Representative McCarthy has a different take. He said when the, when the White House was talking about how this is uh, um, shameful that the Republicans are playing tit for tat and going after Biden, he said <clears throat> he defended the investigation of his Republican colleagues by saying the treatment of Trump and Biden regarding the classified documents Just does not seem fair. Referring to the classified document linked to Biden, McCarthy said prior to an election, they kept it secret. At no time did he get raided by the FBI. On November 2nd, two days, I mean, days before the midterm elections, classified materials were found at the Biden Penn Center, a think tank office in Washington that Biden used between 2017 and 2019 a two-year period when he was no longer in office and he wasn't president yet. Following the discovery of the first trove of documents, White House attorneys searched Biden's residences in Delaware, where additional classified government records from the Obama administration were discovered. But these findings weren't disclosed to the public until last week. Isn't that interesting? Quote, they put a special prosecutor Only after other people raise the issue are the same amount of agents investigating this that are investigating president Trump is the same push behind it. It just does not seem fair. This is why the American people get so upset and distrust the government when they see the law is not applied equally. The house GOP leader said they would oversee the special counsel's probes in both cases. We have a constitutional responsibility to oversee the Justice Department, and that also means overseeing special counsels. So we will look into both situations. Well, kudos to you, Leader McCarthy, for saying this, and shame on you, Senator McConnell, for saying what you said. But the sad fact here, ladies and gentlemen, we've seen this movie before, is everybody rolls up their sleeves and everybody shakes their fists and everybody on the Republican side say they're going to do this and do that. At the end of the day, no one is going to be held accountable. No one from the FBI was held accountable except for that idiot Peter Strzok who they fired, then they made him a millionaire with a GoFundMe campaign. Nobody's held accountable. The former director of the FBI didn't get prosecuted, even though... He was involved in trying to take down the president. Nobody gets involved. Christopher Wray is doing strange things, funny things. Nobody gets involved. Nobody gets indicted. Nobody gets taken down. It's just all smoke and mirrors. They're all in bed together. This guy McConnell has overstayed his welcome. He's been in the Senate, I think, 40 years. It's time to go. There are 535 elected federal legislators in this country 100 senators and 435 congressmen or congresswomen we have a country with a population of 333 million people give or take a few million you've seen these people speak you've seen them on tv do you really think as a clear-thinking educated man and woman A person with common sense. Do you really think these 535 people are the best and brightest we can field in a country of 330 million? So good that they deserve to be kept there in perpetuity that you just can't dislodge them? Is that what we really believe? I think not. Half of these people couldn't survive in the private sector. They couldn't hold a job making any kind of money if their life depended on it. The only way they can do is live off the government gravy train where you can make decisions, you can fail, and you don't get fired, and you don't run out of money. You can't run the company into the ground. Well, you can, but they haven't yet, uh, because all you do is just tax other people uh, at a higher rate to fund your failures, that's all they do. Well, we'll take a shot. Oh, it didn't work out. Well, we'll have to raise taxes 5%. We'll get it 10%, whatever it takes. The people who we work for, who they treat you as uh, serfs and subjects, they'll pay for it. They'll pay for it. The only person that I know of that's going to run for president and will make an effort to bring term limits to a reality by supporting candidates for the legislature who in turn, support term limits on their way into office, so it's very, very awkward for them to back away from it once they're in, is Donald J. Trump. The only hope for the country is Donald J. Trump. Elections have consequences. In my own home state of New York, we had an election recently which I consider extremely pivotal. I consider it the death knell from my home state, which I loved dearly growing up. There was just so much to recommend New York State. I know a lot of people who live in the heartland can't imagine that because we think of New York as Times Square and 42nd Street, although 42nd Street isn't what it used to be. But it's so much more than that. It's the beauty of Long Island, some of the most pristine beaches in the country. It's the beauty of the virgin country of the Adirondack Mountains upstate, the western tier with its rolling farmland and vineyards. There is just so much positive about New York, except now it has become an oppressive place to live due to the tax burden that has caused people to flee, the crime that is coming back. We have a mayor in the city of New York who's in well over his head. Just because he was a cop doesn't mean he knows what he was doing. And we have a governor who is complicit in all of this. Is doing nothing to reverse The actions that were taken in the state legislature in terms of bail reform, letting criminals out the same day they're arrested, that has caused this downward slide in our quality of life in the city of New York and elsewhere in the state. Our only hope was that Lee Zeldin would have been elected governor. He would have put the brakes on the New York City mayor with the threat to displace him, just as he promised to displace the Manhattan District Attorney, who seems to refuse to prosecute people. And that would have been a wake-up call. In a perverse way, Zeldin lost by 300,000 votes the exact number of people who left New York in response to the pandemic and moved to greener pastures in Florida, Texas, and elsewhere. Red voters who started a new life in red states. They voted against Cuomo. They voted against Hochul. But they didn't vote in the voting booth. They voted with their feet. And as a consequence, New York State is finished. Four more years of this witch that's in the mansion in Albany, I don't know what is going to be left of New York State. But we simply have to extricate ourselves from this. And it's a fight, but all fights have to start somewhere. And I think the place to do it in this case is simultaneously, not just from the top down or the bottom up, you have to fight them on all fronts. Hopefully, what I'm thinking, as I've said before, if you look at the election results from the 2022 midterms, yes, we didn't get as many red victories as we would have liked. But the one thing, again, people just aren't talking about, except a few, is that the red states got redder. And the blue states got bluer. That much was readily apparent. And the real interesting thing is the red states got redder because of voters moving into their states. Red voters who were suffering in blue states left those blue states and moved to red states, making them redder. The blue states got bluer but because of an exodus of red voters not because of an influx of blue voters. What this means is the blue states are continuing to decline in population. And in the next census, in 2030, you're going to see an even greater reduction in the electoral votes held by the blue states. They will become less and less relevant in presidential elections over time. My home state of New York used to have something on the order of 38 electoral votes. We now have about, I think, 27 Florida which had 20 back in the day had 25 i think as recently as when George W I'm sorry George yes yes George W Bush ran in 2000 now has something on the order of 30 or 31 So Florida and Texas between them have 70 electoral votes which eclipses the 54 in the liberal bastion of California You're going to see an electoral shift in this country and if that shift continues The red states will hold the power and the makeup of the Congress, both the house of representatives and the Senate will become redder and more Republican and more conservative. The red states will continue to prosper and the blue states will continue to go into fiscal insolvency and eventually go under. Now, the only thing we're hoping for is that some of these blue voters, because of their instinct for survival and financial survival, Don't suddenly move to red states and start screwing up and poisoning this new virgin country and leave it, make it become the wasteland of the type of which they just fled. Because that's typically what blue voters do. They destroy one place and they move to another place and destroy it. Look at Nancy Pelosi, the champion of San Francisco, that sewer. Leader of the House for so many years and Congresswoman for so many years in California. Bought a $25 million mansion last year in the state of California? No, the state of Florida. If California is so great, why don't you stay there? They find it intolerable. They want to go where there's no tax. Hypocrites. 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 And last but not least, I always like to give you an update, if I can, on what we're finding out in the world of covid and the vaccines, the biggest scam and hustle placed on the American people. Again, I don't blame the politicians who, like President Trump, responded to the people's dire requests for some relief and helped to facilitate development of vaccines. But the politicians are not doctors, and they can only rely on the advice they're given by medical experts. And those medical experts lied to these people and they lied to donald trump a new article here just came up says that the cdc knowingly left serious adverse effects off post-vaccination surveys documents show the u.s centers for disease control did not include serious adverse events like heart inflammation on post-vaccination surveys, even though the agency knew the issues could be linked to COVID-19 vaccines. Even before the surveys were rolled out in December of 2020, after the first vaccines were authorized, the CDC knew that myocarditis, a form of heart inflammation since confirmed as being caused by the Pfizer and Moderna shots. Again, the two vaccines that utilize that MRNA technology that I've spoken about numerous times on this show, not the Johnson & Johnson one, which used a true vaccine, a dead COVID-19 virus. And other serious adverse effects were of special interest when it came to the vaccines, according to a newly disclosed version of the protocol for the survey system. November 19, 2020 protocol, V-SAFE, the survey system, lists myocarditis, stroke, death, and a dozen pre-specified medical conditions, The protocol was obtained by the Informed Consent Action Network, a nonprofit organization that seeks transparency around health information. All of the conditions can cause severe symptoms. V-safe is a system of surveys that was introduced during the COVID-19 pandemic to monitor vaccine safety. It was managed and was developed by the CDC. Updated versions of the protocol lists the same 15 adverse events. None of the conditions were included in the actual surveys. Respondents could check boxes if they experienced certain symptoms, but only 10 lower-level problems, such as fever and nausea, were listed as options. This is what it says in the article. Quote, it's deeply troubling that the CDC would construct VSAFE in a manner that does not permit it to be able to easily access the rate of harm from adverse effects the CDC had already identified as potentially being caused by these products, so said Aaron Seary, a lawyer representing ICANN. This calls into question what the CDC was really trying to accomplish with the VSAFE surveys. Was it trying to assess the actual safety of these products, Or was it trying to design a system that would more likely to affirm its previous public announcements regarding the safety of these products? I think we all know the answer to that question. I've told you before, ladies and gentlemen, we've been hustled when it comes to these COVID-19 vaccines. And these boosters, now that we know more about how mRNA technology works, these boosters are not boosters at all. They are nothing more than new vaccines to deal with new variants. For the Jamie Dury Show, I'm Jamie Durie.